Hello and welcome to another episode of The Discourse, the short-form one-on-one interview show with filmmakers, actors, and other industry folks, which is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network. I am your host, Mike D'Angelo. On this episode, I got to sit down with director Tom Gormican and writer Kevin Etten, who are out promoting their film The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which stars Nicolas Cage as a fictional version of himself that's basically in a rut and is creatively unfulfilled and decides to accept a $1 million offer to attend a millionaire superfan's birthday party, that millionaire being played by Pedro Pascal. Uh, From there, things take wild turns involving government agencies and drug runners and a million delicious Nick Cage references. Whether you're a Nick Cage superfan or only know him by his memes and gifs, I think you're going to find something of value here. It's not only hilarious, but it's brilliantly acted by Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal and more. Um, It's genuinely creative. It's meta. It feels kind of like a warm hug of a movie, really. And I genuinely think it's one of the best comedies I've seen in years, and I can't wait for everybody to see it. Not that this is an absolute mark of quality, but it is currently sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so take that how you will. Uh, The film itself comes out on Friday, April 22nd, and uh, this interview was a ton of fun for me. Tom and Kevin share some really great Nick Cage stories, including some scenes that didn't necessarily make the cut and sound outstanding, and just a bunch of little Nick Cage stories. But before we get to our chat, I've got to tell you that The Discourse is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, Bingeworthy, which I'm also a part of, Be Real, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, and more. It can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Be sure to subscribe and drop us a comment or rating as we do greatly appreciate it. Okay, enjoy The Discourse with the very brilliant and hilarious duo of director Tom Gormican and writer Kevin Etten. Hey, Tom, Kevin, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for this movie. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, oh, and I no. love that Nick refers to you both collectively as the mind. <laughs> I want you guys to consider seriously using that as a professional moniker, like written and directed by the mind at the end of every movie you guys work together on. Do things on your own, you know, do, you know, Tom stuff, do Kevin stuff. But then when you come together, preferably with Nick Cage, of course. <laughs> Written and directed by the mind at the end of the movie. Just consider it. <laughs> so like, branding. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, love the movie. And as I understand it, uh, Tom, this idea kind of started with you. Uh, wh- what was it about this idea that made you go, screw it. I'm just going to start writing this, even if Nick's not on board. Well, I mean, for me, when I, I thought about, you know, it's just a kernel of an idea doing a movie about Nick playing Nick being invited to like a super fan's birthday party, which was like depressing to him with just <laughs> as an idea that just made me laugh. And so I brought it to, the, you know, I, I don't know what the, the kernel was or why it, I thought of it, but like there's something about Nick that inspires like a just a smile on people's face. That's why he's transcended like being an actor and he's become this sort of cultural institution or icon where you're like, Oh, okay. Like maybe it's like the memification of Nick cage on the internet and people just like, they like the sight of him. They like the, the idea that he'll do anything. He'll do these wild and crazy performances and they cut them all together and put them out there. But anyways, he made me smile when I thought about him. So I brought it to Kevin and we, and he was like, okay, I also love Nicholas cage. I'm in, I want to do this project. <laughs> and then we built the entire narrative and the characters and all that you know everything else that came along with it from there 
did you even finish the words Nick Cage before Kevin was like, yes, yes. <laughs> Nick, uh, barely, barely. And we had never written a movie together. So it was the kind of this leap of faith where he was like, okay, we're doing this. We're doing this. And yeah. we understood the inherent risks, obviously, uh, that he, particularly that he wouldn't do it. <laughs> right, exactly. And I know he turned it down at least once. And he, if he, you know, had actually refused to do it, would you be like, okay, can we retool this for, say, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Keanu Reeves? Would you even do that? We, we you know, at some point in the process when, you know, we, <laughs> we, we really were like getting close, but it felt like it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, we both, I need to pay a mortgage at some point. And so I think I more than <laughs> Tom was sort of like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe there is a different idea. But um, really when push came to shove, we were like, uh, it, it doesn't feel right without Nick. I will say the only idea that one of our friends had that was very funny was the idea of um, like Christian Bale or Daniel Day-Lewis playing Nicolas Cage in full Cage prosthetic. <laughs> that was the only sort of like, where I was like, well, I could, I would go see that. Bale uh, would have done a fantastic <laughs> Nick. I'm absolutely sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> that and if you can get Daniel Day-Lewis out of retirement for something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing you might come out for. He's never done it. Exactly. So, and I'm sure you guys are talking about the, the movie ad nauseum today on the junket, but with this particular title, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, I'm sure the marketing team alone was just like, are we sure we're not going to shorten that and just be like <laughs> Massive Talent or call it Nick Cage the movie here? Why did you guys <laughs> decide that this is this is the title? Yeah, the, the, the marketing team and my mother, who's like, it's a little long, <laughs> don't you think? What's a, it again? A bit I don't, much. It's a bit much. <laughs> but the idea was it's supposed to be a bit much. And it's sort yes. of, uh, you know, like the, the town and the industry and and people like in it tend to take themselves very seriously. And it's a bit of a tongue in cheek kind of funny title that made us laugh. And we were we were deeply committed to this. Uh, but, you know, it's funny when we we're making the movie, we would all refer to it as the unbearable weight. And when Nick got the script and came on board, he would call the movie Massive Talent and it was sort of <laughs> about how we were looking at the project. That's amazing. I mean, clearly you guys are huge fans of Nick Cage yourselves. How did it feel to actually be on the set directing Nick Cage, playing a fictional Nick Cage and how much time? does it take to like earn his trust? Because that's a very tricky thing to be like, are you guys making fun of me here? What's going on? Uh, that was a, something that evolved, you know, through the course of the whole, the whole project. I mean, I think even from the beginning where, you know, he had read the script and liked it, but we, we included a letter to kind of try to give him some context for this is, look, this is a celebration of your life. This is a celebration of your work. Um, but it was it was ever evolving, I would say. Yeah, the trust. I mean, we had to sort of earn it over the course of it. And he wanted to make sure that, you know, we weren't using this as like a platform to make fun of him or his body of work. It, we had to, you know, continually communicate that. And Kevin and I don't have the body of work where you're going, hey, guys, we're uh, <laughs> we're the Cohen brothers. Trust us. We got you know, this. We got this. Yeah. We've done it so Relax. many times. Yeah. Just we're I think mind. so. Yeah, yeah. Or the mind. yeah and he's meanwhile saying it sarcastically and we're like no you mean that right uh no so we had to you know through the choices that we're making the decisions and continually thinking about it and trying to make it better with nick i think we earned a bit of his trust but that that was a it was a it was also a thing where nick is nick was cool and that you know as the writer and director on set with him 
you had to be, you have to be fearless in terms of giving direction and, and going, no, do this or try this line. So we had to be fearless. And then Nick, to his credit, is a, a, a great collaborator, collaborator who will go, you know what? I don't like that. That's not good. Or I do like that. You know, yes, like we'll try it. Like, you know, you're, you're a little off there, but there was always a sense of like, okay, guys, keep pitching, keep pushing me. Like that's the only way he, he's such a pro that he knows the only good things come out of some friction and conflict and you have to be pushing and pulling and fighting to a, a certain degree, you know? Right. But on this project, okay. You add the additional level where I would go out yeah. there and I would be like, okay, I know what the best version of cage is. And he would be like, you can't know the best version of cage. And he would do, and he would be like, you know, like, no, I, I know the best cage. And we would get into these arguments about what the best cage was. And I, I think I, the best cage is neurotic cage. That's my favorite. Amen. Cage. And so we, we would start, we would start to build the character from that point, but it became very meta at some you know, and most of the time while making this, where we had to get into those things to make it really work. It is very clear that there's a love there instead of a poking fun at the Nick Cage of it all. And the mm -hmm. movie has such a tone where it's like jumping from dark comedy to drama to slapstick to action thriller and so on. So what's the key to like making it all blend together and making it work and be such a loving tribute to him at the same time? I think the like the one thing that we could control was the grounded nature of the performances, and we asked them all to take it very seriously, and let the let the narrative do the work around them. And if it's a funny situation, it will be funny. If it's a dramatic situation, it'll be dramatic. But not not to push, uh, you know. And you're talking about Nicolas Cage, who's a very expressionist actor, so we had to find the moments where he would give us the full cage, you know, and the, and the moments where he would be playing, you know, a bit more subtle and, you know, but this project, because it is such a tonal high wire act, we had to use like really, really dive in, like, and use all the tools at our disposal. If the music was slightly off at yeah. some point, it could push it into sort of satire or push it into too broad a space or not, you know, like, or make it, it fall into like cheesy sentimentality at times. So, it was like a ton of trial and error to keep like a, you know, a, a through line that actually felt tonally consistent. Yeah. I mean, the most helpful thing I think was seeing the movie in the theater with an audience a, a few times and, and just feeling when they would sit back in their chairs and kind of disengage or, or just feel, you know, you could just feel like, Oh wait, we're going for a joke here. And the moment is not, requiring a joke um it's okay it's feeling like we're as tom said we're getting too kind of serious about what this movie is like it's still a pretty ridiculous thing so we needed as filmmakers to know let the audience know we're kind of in on the the joke of this with you while also at times keeping it incredibly serious so it, it was just to me it was just feeling it with an audience um yeah I'm told that there were a lot more scenes as well. And I'm assuming this is why they were cut is because they just, it sucked it out of the movie, but the, I I'm dying to see these black and white, you know, cabinet of Dr. Caligari esque vignettes that Nick keeps talking about. Uh, yeah. He's doing all these recreations of his movies. Is that why they got cut out? Well, I think, you know, look, it was a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a action sequence in Nicholas Cage's head shot in black and white in the style of Dr. Caligari. 
I think it may have just been a bridge too far for our <laughs> studio partners who are already like out on a limb with this meta movie about Nick Cage playing Nick Cage as he becomes the best cage. And, and you're going, OK, like and I think they just had to draw the line somewhere. And, we, you know, we were debating whether to put this in. But we also wanted the movie to clip along at like a pretty like serious pace, because there really is a certain point where like you need, you, you know, like you've done it and you're overstaying your welcome. And that was one of the things we found with audiences. So we all kind of made the decision to take out some of the things that we loved. We did have a funny scene. We were just talking about where that we had forgotten about. We shot a scene in after they've dropped acid where they end up in a church and Nick is the acid is hitting him and he looks up and Jesus is there and Jesus starts talking to him and basically the, the joke is that Jesus is going like I'm so sorry to be this guy but I just I absolutely loved you in uh Bad Lieutenant's <laughs> Port of Call New Orleans he's like oh thank you Jesus like, I am so sorry to do this to I you. don't mean to be this guy yeah, it's like this very weird performance he's going oh thank you I, I was very happy with how it turned out you know like, but that I mean oh that one was God. the one that like ultimately just was too goofy and kind of pulled you too far into the comedy zone uh, that it couldn't, the film couldn't quite handle it. Couldn't bring it well, back there's, to There's always, out. you know, a director's cut Blu-ray out there where you can go <laughs> extra long with it. Do a, a Snyder yeah. cut, if you will. I'm curious, you know, as I'm thinking of all these great scenes in the movie, there's this one where he's sitting at the piano that is so uncomfortable and he's just belting mm-hmm. out this song that's about himself and for his daughter. Did yeah. he write this song? I have to know if he wrote the song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As scripted, he was to sing November Rain by Guns N' Roses, which <laughs> we could neither afford, nor could he sing. So he called and was like, I actually wrote something. I, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Do you play piano? And he was like, no, but I'm going to. And so he, he played this very simple nuts song and it, it made us laugh. So yeah, he wrote Perfect. it. But that's talk about a scene where, where that, that took us forever to figure out how long to let that scene play. Cause you're really torturing an audience. And it usually, I, it was so interesting to see, like I could barely once Nick sits at the piano and his daughter is there, I get so uncomfortable and I'm like, oh God, Nick, I can barely, I can barely enjoy it. Tom had you a much find higher out, tolerance for, yeah. Yeah, you find out a lot about yourself yeah, in the scenes true. where he's like, we need to be out of this scene immediately. And I have like a huge tolerance for total pieces of shit. For me. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I like, I'm like, this is totally fine. I can watch, we have a very long version of that scene. And I'm just like sitting back, eating popcorn, loving it. And everyone else wanted it to end. There was a, there was a moment where, cause we had so much fun shooting that, that scene and Nick was having so much fun. And at one point he, he goes, you know, they don't really appreciate talent in this shithole town. And then he started going shit, shit, shit. And he had the whole crowd of kids chanting shit, shit, (laughs) shit. It's like so insane and so funny and uncomfortable. And we found when you cut to the daughter's face in that, we lost the entire (laughs) audience. They were just like, we're out. This is like, this this is is crazy. So it was, you know, you are describing so many scenes that I just need to see now. I'm hoping <laughs> they somewhere. On their own, they're funny. They didn't add up to the whole <laughs> thing, but they made they made us laugh. I mean, there was a lot of fun to be had while yeah. putting this one together. 
And then there's, you know, the duo of Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal of it all. That is such a revelation in this movie. The two of them together is just magic. Was there like a deep search for the person who would play Javi? Or was it like, I have to get Pedro for this? We actually, we went to go meet Pedro because all of the roles that you really, or, or at least I knew Pedro from, were very like serious, like dramatic kind of macho roles. And we went to meet Pedro and we get there and there's this like inherent sweetness to him where he's going, I don't care if you ever put me in this movie. I just want, I read the script and I needed to talk to you guys. I'm a huge Nicolas Cage fan. And we started talking about all of Nick's movies. And like, there was so much of the Javi character, like present in Pedro and the sweetness and like kind of who he is that it felt at that point, I think pretty obvious that we had to, to cast him. Yeah. It was that thing though, where, you know, he hadn't done a, quote unquote comedy but the more we talked about it we were like well we don't we don't need a comic actor we need a good great actor who can play the role of Javi and having just met the guy and he's like a fanboy you're like okay wait what are we what are we doing here like this guy can play the role and then you let the movie you know hopefully take care of the laughs and everything turns out he is a really funny performer who can you know, knows when to kind of milk it for comedy if it needs it or play it straight or um, like we got lucky in that way. But that was kind of the decision making process. Yeah. yeah. He also has yeah. the remarkable ability to turn on a dime and go dramatic. And at a couple points in the script, we ask him to do that. And it needs to be credible and, and it needs to seem threatening or the narrative tonally starts to to break down. And so, it, you know, and obviously he, yeah. we've seen him do that and he did it kind of wonderfully making those turns. There are not a lot of actors out there who really have that ability to like when you think about it to be really funny but then feel like they might kill you you know in the next breath so yeah he's so perfect and they're so good together it almost like i know that the movie is like this perfect little capsule on, on its own but it's almost like we need more javi and nick cage movies where it's like a legal <laughs> weapon series and you're getting like the even more unbearable weight of Massatelle or whatever yeah. it might be called. We're happy um, to make those. We're happy to make those. They're, 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 we love them both as people and as actors and they were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would be over the moon for a sequel. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, good. And you could feel free to incorporate, you know, other celebrities playing themselves like John Travolta or something like that. That would be hilarious. That's an idea that I love. Yeah, yeah it writes itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nick actually said to us he'd be open to a sequel if it was about Nicky, the younger version of himself. Uh, and he showed up three times as Nick. <laughs> and I thought, okay, there we go. There, now we're talking. Fine with that too. I also okay. heard at, at, at South by Southwest uh, at the premiere that he said he wanted to do a musical with you guys standing pretty close by. So I am really hoping you've already pitched this to, to studios because that sounds delightful. I said, we'll do it if he writes the music. <laughs> that's fantastic i've taken up enough of your time i i want to thank you guys sincerely like i said this is one of my favorite movies that i've seen in a very very long time it's just delightful as a nick cage fan as a you know a film fan all of it it's an outstanding film oh thank you so much we really really do appreciate that yeah thank okay. you this was really really fun to talk Thank you guys uh, for people listening. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is premiering in theaters nationwide on April 22nd. Again, I cannot recommend it enough. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Take care.